What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan, here on Sherdog.com. And I must tell you before I get going that BetUS.com is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera. Use the code Sherdog and get $2,500 in extra money to make Fight Night even better. At BetUS.com, you can not only bet on each fight, but they have loads of awesome parallel bets to choose from too. Bet live during the fights, and your winnings are paid within our hours. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHERDOG. Uh, all right, everyone. So what I'm here today to, to talk about is, is basically the weekend in, in mixed martial arts. Um, I'm going to pick uh, pick out one or two talk points from the weekend and, and just kind of discuss them all. I'll be going through every fight or anything like that. I, I might have a quick run through it for the last two or three minutes of this. Uh, some notable results or some notable fights maybe I, I, I thought about uh, during this weekend. Um but the first thing I want to talk about is is women's MMA because sometimes we we take it for granted and you know what taking it for granted is actually a, a good sign because you sometimes you see it in other sports and you know it's it's not normal where women's uh, women's uh, this women's side of the sport is at you know the the very apex like Barcelona last weekend had I think ninety five thousand people at a women's match and it was brilliant it was the best ever but it was. It was special, you know, it was abnormal. It was something we've never seen before uh, in horse racing here. Uh, Rachel Blackmore, she's a fantastic jockey, but it, she's been winning lots of stuff over the last couple of years, and it's new, and it's very good, and it's abnormal. But women's MMA, being at the very apex, being at the very tops of our weekends, of our cards, even of our cards of the year, is is is... A more and more normal thing all the time. It's not abnormal, and it's a it's something I think we really should take pride in, as MMA people, MMA fans, people covering MMA, you know the the fighters themselves and everything like that. It's it is brilliant. You know it's great because we, we we came from a place and you know it's it's I think it's apropos this week that we saw Liz Carmouche lifting that belt, and I'll talk more about that fight and the ending of it later on. But the fact that. She was the first woman to ever step foot in an octagon to fight. And then she goes on nine years later, I think it is, to, to lift the world title. That's It's just phenomenal. And look, it shows you how far she has come and how great she has been over the years and how amazing it is that she can keep going. But it also shows you how kind of far women's MMA has come. Now, maybe you'll say, oh, the same person is there nine years later, but she has improved and she's gone with the sport. So to take that, you know, take that for what it's worth. But in those nine years, I think the sport has improved so much. And we've we've gone to, I think we've gone to kind of a different level now in the sport. Like, I remember not too long ago talking about, you know, I, I think the, the discourse to, to steal a phrase from my good friends, uh, Chad and Ben, around uh, Ronda Rousey was how, you know, I know the sport didn't start with Liz Carmouche and Ronda Rousey, let me say, say that, there was, you know, obviously Cyborg before that and, and Julie Kedzie and everyone else who came before and Gina Carano and all, so, you know, but I'm talking about at this sort of level of MMA, where it started off at the UFC level and the Bellator level, now it was in Strikeforce and stuff and Elite XE and things before that, so uh, let me let me make sure to, to, to say that, but uh, the discourse around a lot of mixed martial arts, women's mixed martial arts discussion uh, has been around and was around Ronda Rousey for years. And when Ronda Rousey lost her couple of fights and kind of ignominiously, as, as I said at 7am, it's a tough one, uh, left the sport, uh, it, it kind of turned into 
a hate campaign for a lot of people, for a lot of fans and even some media members who, you know, maybe don't like Ronda Rousey the, the, as, as some as, other, uh, as others. And, you know, people, okay, look, fair enough, a lot of that is because of the way she left the sport and because, you know, maybe she wasn't a good loser or whatever it might be. But um, I think that kind of coloured where she was and what place she had in mixed martial arts and what she did for the sport. And just for this discussion here, because otherwise I could go on for two hours talking about this, uh, the place she had in mixed martial arts, what I was uh, attempting to say there five minutes ago before I started just talk, blathering on about nothing, um, I, I always kind of mention her as maybe maybe the Ice Gracie of mixed martial arts, but if not, maybe the Tito Ortiz, maybe the Chocolate that sort of era. And now, you know, we're moving on to the next era because like women's MMA, the... the we know what happened when they came into the UFC. There was more money. It obviously drew more women in. Um, there was more coaches paying attention, more um, more promotions paying attention to women's MMA and all that once it came into the, uh, into the UFC. So the level has started to rise and rise and rise and rise, whereas before it probably couldn't have, you know? Although, you know, the way mixed martial arts has gone, maybe it would have regardless of the UFC, but it doesn't matter. That's not a discussion for now. It has because it came into the UFC. And now we have... Uh, I remember talking about it recently as well. We have a level where before we had we had Ronda Rousey and Chris Cyborg. We had two very good top fighters in the world. And, you know, we had the kids, we had the Kranos, other good fighters, but we had two at the very, very top. Now we have Cyborg. We have, you know, obviously Ronda Rousey's got, but we have Kayla Harrison. We have Amanda Nunes. We have Juliana Pena. We have Valentina Shachinko. We have Rose Nami Yunus. We have Carla Spar... Well, maybe not Carla Spar, but you know what I mean. We have Yuani and Jacek. We have Zhang Whaley. Loads and loads and loads of people who you could make it top 10 pound for pound easily out of. You could argue some of them should be higher than others and all. And that is a great sign. We no longer have, oh, there's one or two outliers, great fighters. Now we have multiple, multiple, multiple great fighters. And the reason I say this on this weekend, because I, I have four cards pulled up in front of me here. Um, we leave the PFL on the side for a second. Uh, you know, not to say PFL haven't done great things for women's MMA, and you know we'll see Kelly Harrison obviously coming up uh, shortly. But uh, UFC Fight Night two hundred five, Lemos versus Andraj, women's MMA. UFC uh, Bellator two seven eight, Velasquez versus Carmouche, women's MMA. Bellator two seven nine, Cyborg versus Blinko, women's MMA three big cards this weekend and it's I actually like I don't think I heard anyone else pointing that out now maybe they did I'm not uh, a big one for listening to other people's podcasts and stuff so may- maybe they did but I'm here to point it out and I'm glad to point it out because I think it's it's something that we as I mentioned at the start it's we do take it for granted and we we should because it's a go- it should be normal it should be what we see every day but the fact that MMA has come so long as I was saying at the start like Dana White didn't want women in the UFC. He, did, he didn't want Ronda Rousey in the UFC. He didn't think it would work. He didn't think people would, would appreciate it. But the fact that women's MMA came into it, uh, the UFC, and came into the, the zeitgeist, I suppose, of, of mixed martial arts fans, for a while, it, it took a while. It took, it, like, I could be all rosy in the garden here and say, no, I remember when, I think it was Shogun and Dan Henderson too, maybe, the Ronda Rousey fight was over and people were giving out about that. But people don't give out anymore and they haven't for a good while. And that is a great sign. And I think we should be proud of that. 
uh, as mixed martial arts fans and we should be proud of of uh, our women in mixed martial arts as well i think it's it's absolutely uh, fantastic so fair play and I, I think you know the ufc uh and bellator and and everyone else um have done a, a great great job and it's great to uh, to see it uh, before we move on, I'm going to say UFC Fight Night Font versus Vera is more fun when you bet at betus.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get an incredible 125% bonus up to $2,500. Font is the clear favourite, so get in now or even choose to bet to win via KO and increase your winnings at betus.com. You can not only make the fights more fun uh, by betting throughout the fights, uh, sorry, you can make the fights more fun by betting throughout the fights. Uh, start the fight at betus.com and use that code Sure, dog. Um, another thing I want to I want to just say about uh, this weekend is Hawaii, and I spoke last week in the preview, and I spoke maybe didn't I spoke somewhere anyway about um, how mixed martial arts at the, at the level of UFC at the the Bellator level. We could talk about PFL and stuff, and actually have a podcast coming out talking about PFL. So maybe I leave that for there. Uh, but it's very samey, you know. You have. Uh, I went back this week and I, uh, last week. Andre Filo, I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, may, uh, I'm not sure who it was. Anyway, I watched a fight, someone fighting last week who fought on Fight Island, and I didn't realize until like I checked uh, the Shardog page or the Wikipedia page or whatever it was afterwards and realized, oh, this fight was in Abu Dhabi. So they made this big song and dance, right, in the UFC about we're gonna have Fight Island. It's gonna be special. It's gonna it's gonna be really different to what we've ever had before. You know, we're gonna be sailing in on boats, and there's lads gonna be fighting in sand. And then it turns out that a year and a half later, you go back and you watch one of those fights, and it just looks like any other fight in the apex. It just looks like any other fight in, you know. I don't know wherever it would be Ohio or somewhere you know it there's there's no difference and that that really kind of bums me out a little bit to, to steal an American press like I love when I go back and I, I happen upon that UFC 200 fight right and you see the yellow canvas and there's something a little bit different or you go back and you know it's a WEC fight you're watching or you know so something there's just something a little bit different about it. it i think it's great like the if you go back and watch the mcgregor and um mendez walkouts the fact you know sinead cavan and whoever the country guy in america was that was walking out chad mendez it was different it was great it was fun and we don't see it that much in mma anymore we really really don't like it's great for me in ireland to be here and we see the zombie walkout with peter queely and ashing daly back in the day uh doing it as well and you know having james gallagher and the raucous crowd it is different it feels better you know it feels brilliant and we don't see enough of that in MMA, but 100 percent credit to bellator for making the hawaiian event special you can never ever ever go back and watch that alimalea mcfarland versus justine kish fight ever again if you're let's say or just in case gets a tile shot down the line and you're you know i'm doing tape study for it or whatever and i go back and watching oh that was in hawaii <laughs> you know you'll know straight away you go back and watch a fight island fight and it could be anywhere you know it could be in hawaii at ufc hawaii that never happened it could be it could be in japan it could be in ireland it could be in birmingham it could be anywhere it could be anywhere and i i don't like that now do you see they put on so many cards, and Bellator put on so many cards and everything. I, I Look, I couldn't expect everyone to be different, but if you have something different, make it different. If you have a card in Ireland, do something, you know? Do something. Get that Irish flag up behind it, or do up the arena in some sort of way. 
you know, have an Irish singer. There's plenty of Irish singers that would sing the main event people out. Look what they did. And like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure of the whole relevance of all the walkout and everything, but Liam and McFarlane loved it and the crowd were massively up for it. And I don't need to understand. I'm sure most people listening to this, you know, don't understand. Maybe you do. Maybe maybe in America and, and there's a lot of people why listening to this or something, they, they understand it more than some lad in, in, uh, uh, in, the, in the west of Ireland. But I, I didn't need to understand it to understand how special it was. And it was 100% special. It was brilliant. It was just brilliant. She was you could they they, they went to uh, Elimele kind of half backstage and she was singing. And I don't normally like when they go to people <laughs> backstage and all of that, but um, they did that and I thought it was brilliant and and they just made it special. They just even even before that in the two seven eight event, you know they had the Hawaiian shorts. They had Josh in the Hawaiian shorts and John and and uh, even the judges I think were in Hawaiian shorts. And you know it's not. Okay, uh, I don't know. You can have your opinions on that, but it's different. You know, it's different. There's no denying that it's different. And the fact that it is different makes it good. I've talked, and the podcast coming up that I talk about the PFL, I kind of mentioned that as well, uh, that they're trying and they're trying to make something different. Like, I I think sometimes, right, uh, let's say with non-UFC promotions, that they try to be like the UFC so much, it actually is counterintuitive for them. You could try to be like the UFC all you want, but you're never going to be the UFC in one way, right? And another way, being different to the UFC is a good thing because people don't want to see the same thing over and over and over again. People are people are getting a bit sick of the UFC. Like, okay, the levels of fights and everything like that, but people want to see the the glitz and the glamour. Look at the, the Tyson Fury, uh, uh, whoever he fought last night fight. Uh, who do you fight? Dillian White. Uh, <laughs> it was it was such a mismatch, you know, I almost forget. But uh, look, it went down a mile too long. But the glitz and the glamour and the the uh, you know the the fireworks going off and getting up in the crown and having seven walkout tunes and everything like that. It was different. It was fun. It was memorable. And why can't we create more memories in MMA like that? Like what really annoys me, and uh, maybe this is a me thing more than uh, anyone else sort of thing, but. When they show a fighter backstage, like an hour before they're due to fight, like why, why? The, like the the best thing. Do you ever go to a concert and you're waiting for you know, let's say you go to an Eminem concert, right? And you're waiting for Eminem to come out. Imagine if Eminem was just like walking around and you saw him like an hour before and be like, oh yeah, he's there, oh, he's coming back, in. and he came out and be like, yeah. But he, you're waiting. Is he there? Did he turn up? Did he arrive? And then he comes out and it's like, ah, that's insanity. You know, that's what. That's what I want. That's the bill that we need to get. And I think fight uh, promotions need to do that better. I think the UFC need to do it better. But I think it's an easy way for the likes of Bellator, the likes of PFL maybe a little bit different, but whoever else to be different and to do things that make them kind of not look like the UFC. So uh, kudos to Bellator for doing it. This whole weekend, you'll you'll never go back and watch one of those fights and not realize that it was a fight in Hawaii. And to me, that's absolutely brilliant, and uh, and Bellator deserve uh, a huge kudos to that. While I'm here, and while I'm on my positive run as well, Amanda Guerra, she is brilliant. She is brilliant. She's on the desk. She's the main uh, lady on the desk for Bellator with Josh Thompson. I actually think Josh does a pretty good job as well, honestly. And I remember a few years ago, I actually I didn't think Josh was was the best. Um, but I think he's improved an awful lot. Maybe doing the podcast and maybe like being um, uh, a regular broadcaster has helped him, and that can. I think Kenny Florian is another guy who's improved. 
But uh, Amanda Gare on that desk is brilliant. She, like some people, like, I think Brendan Fitzgerald this weekend kind of fell into um, the trying to know too much about MMA role. Like he's only been watching MMA for a couple of years. We all know it, but I think we all appreciate it. He was trying to do his best. He's trying to learn everything. He's trying to become, you know, the, the next guy, but he's also like leaning on Carmier, leaning on Feld or leaning on whoever's there. I feel, I feel in the last one, I've spoken to another few people about this and they agree he's kind of stepped over that mark. And if you look at someone like Amanda Guerra, I don't think she has. I think she realizes what she is. I think re- she realizes who she has to feed off of. And I think she does an absolutely fantastic job at the job she is uh, she is staked to do. So very, very good stuff. I had, had to mention that as well. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the, the maybe the, the more negative sides of things or the more uh, controversial a couple of happenings. So the Juliana Velasquez, Liz Caramouche finish. Um, so obviously, if you haven't seen the fight, Velasquez was dominating the fight. Came to the end of the... Let me just check. I think it was the, was it the third round or the fourth round. It was the fourth round, according to Sherdog.com. 13 seconds left uh, in the fourth round. Um, Liz Carmouche ended up getting on top of Velasquez on the ground. She got a, um, a crucifix. And she was landing a few shots, but it was like those shots where you kind of, you know, you have your elbow, but you're kind of like sliding the elbow against the head as as Velasquez was trying to like move her head up to ch- tuck her chin under the body of Caramouche. So it wasn't massive, but then Liz kind of pushed her down. And as she did, in my opinion, this is what I saw. I think Velasquez tried to get her left arm in, so put her head back. The guy trying to get room to get her left arm in. If you're not watching this in video, I'm I'm playing this scenario out. Um, as she did that, it obviously opened up a little bit of an opportunity for Liz. She landed two elbows. Then the camera kind of changed. I think she landed a third one, and then Mike Belcher came in to stop it. Um, for me, that is a really really early stoppage. This is a title fight. You're into the fourth round of a fight. You're dominating. Now that shouldn't matter in itself. The the fourth round you're dominating. The title fight shouldn't massively matter either. But I think look, Big John McCarthy always says you have to be uh, aware of the position you're in. You have to be aware of the fight you're in. And it's there's more on the line here, absolutely. But she hadn't taken enough. Even if I think if this was a three round opening fight. On a, on a Cage Warriors card or a, a Bama card or whatever it might be. I think she took some shots. Took some shots. No, I said it properly. Um, I don't think... Like, some people are saying, oh, if it had gone the other 13 seconds, all it would have been was 7 or 8 or 10 more elbows. I actually don't think so, to be honest. I don't think... Like, what reason would Juliana Velasquez have for not tucking her chin back if her left hand wasn't able to get inside? Like... She's held down in a position, you know, we all know the crucifix position, but the one thing you can move is your head and get it up and tuck yourself. Could she have done that for 13 seconds? Do you think that's beyond the runs of possibility? Like, no one could possibly argue that she was knocked out, that she wasn't uh, conscious or anything. The, only, the, the argument here is maybe she was overwhelmed or that uh, she was not intelligently defending herself. I, I don't think two clean elbows, maybe three clean elbows, is overwhelmed, especially with the ones before it were, like, very minimal, very minimal. And how is, like, not tucking your chin and then trying to get your arm in not an intelligent defense in the toughest position you can be in in mixed martial arts? Like, she tucked her chin, tried to get her arm in, like, s- milliseconds before he stopped it. 
Like there was an intelligent defense there all the time. Like when you move your head back, okay, may, maybe he thought she was knocked out and maybe that's the, the reason it is. And he can, you know, anyone can make a mistake. And I, m- maybe he doesn't think it's a mistake. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he saw her eyes rolling back. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I didn't see that. I'd, I know I saw another angle. Someone sent it to me today and I, I didn't see that. So may, maybe he saw it. But it just, to me, was a bad stoppage in a very, very sad way for Velasquez to lose the title. Now, when I say that as well, I think everyone is very happy for Liz Carmouche. I mentioned her earlier on. You know, fought, fought Rousey on nine years ago. She's been around forever. Oh, still only 24 fights. It seems like there's a lot more than that. But so happy for Liz Carmouche. While that's still, you, ha- you have to feel bad for Velasquez. Now, Elima Lema McFarland, if she had won on Saturday night, she probably would have been fighting for the title next. But the fact she lost makes the rematch probably more likely here. So I think we're going to see that. So let me know in the comment section if you agree, disagree. And a lot of people over on Twitter I saw were saying, oh, no, it was a good stoppage. Most of whom, though, said it the next day. You know, I was talking to Artem, even Artem Lobov, uh, about it, and he was kind of, he, he disagreed with me at the start, and then I was talking to him, and he kind of half, you know, he was coming on, and, which is fair enough. But, but I think everyone watching it live, and let me know if you were watching it live and you agree with me, maybe, or if you disagree with me, fine. I feel like loads of people watching it live thought it was a bad stoppage and people watching it back thought it was a good stoppage because, like, when it's slowed down, when it's not in the context of the fight as well, it looks very different. Another one as well, we're talking about the context of the fight, uh, is the, the Dean Barry versus uh, Mike Jackson one. Um, now, I'll, people people might not... Uh, this isn't going to be a tough one for me because people are going to say, oh, you're biased uh, because he's Irish and all like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not... There was a very similar one last week and I feel like I called it a, a similar sort of way. Like, the... Um, uh, there was there was an illegal strike the uh, last week. The, the one with the head in the ground, who was it? I don't know who it was. The referee told him, well, I'm taking a point. That should be a disqualification. You're taking the point right there, right? You, you have seen an intention for him to uh, land the strike. You should be given it. Now... In this one, it was a very, very different one, right? Because, no, sorry, that one should have been, that, that one wasn't given as a qualification. It went to points because of that. Obviously, you know, this one, and it was a no contest and it went to points. And this one, it, obviously, it was in the first round. So if it would have been a no contest, it would have been a no contest. It wouldn't have gone to points or everything like that. But this was given as a disqualification. The one last week wasn't given as a disqualification, even though he had taken a point because he said you knew what you were doing and it wasn't given as a disqualification, right? So he had said there was intent there and he still didn't disqualify him. He went to a no contest and he ended up winning the fight, right? So this one, Chris Tyone had judged that there was intent there. He, you know, he kind of he did say it to him, to be fair, so he, uh, you know, he can back himself up. So he made that decision and he made it the way he thought it was right. But I, I, like, I can't agree with the fact that there was intention there behind this IPOC. Now, it was a very bad IPOC, and absolutely have no problem with Mike Jackson not being able to go on, but I think it should have been in no contest. Because if you go back and you look at the fight, you have to look at this in context as well. You can't just look at the IPOC slow down. You have to look at where it came from. So there was a, a barrage of different exchanges. Dean hit him with a knee, and Mike came back and hit, actually hit him with a nice was it a left hand, and Dean hit him with a few. And then... Mike Jackson's back was up against the cage. Dean had his hand around the back of the neck of Mike and he was holding him and he was obviously, you know, either going to try to land a knee or I think he threw a few punches. Um, 
and Mike kind of turned into the cage. As he did, Dean's hand kind of came around. He tried to catch on to the back of the neck again, but Mike's head had obviously moved. Then Dean, as he did that, was kind of trying to catch, but he saw Mike moving, so he pushed him at the same time. And as he did, like the two fingers just implanted themselves into the eye of Mike Jackson. There was no way in hell that he meant to gouge his eyes out. There was just no way. Like, it wasn't one of these ones where they're fighting and he's, you know, you have the hands out and then you have the fingers out. I'd have no sympathy whatsoever if someone was standing with their fingers out, they poke someone in the eye and then they couldn't continue. That, to me, is 100% disqualification because it's in the rule book. When you're fighting like that, you can't have your hands out. You can't have your fingers out. That's a rule I think that she needs to be upheld more and I would agree with everyone saying if that was a disqualification. This was not that. This was in an exchange up against the cage where everything was moving at 100 miles an hour. Dean had his hand in a completely legal position on the back of Mike Jackson's neck holding on to him. Mike moved. Dean moved. He tried to push him off as his hand was in a certain position and it happened to go into his eyes. If if that can be intentional, Dean Barry has fucking the control of Steven Seagal or something here. Like, this is... It's absolutely crazy. Like, there's no way. Like, uh, if you went and, and he appealed it, he'd probably get turned down because all these appeals get turned down. But if, if it went to a court of law, there's no way. There is just no way. And these are one these ones. I think probably last week's decisions actually fed into this, honestly, because sometimes you see him like, oh, the referee's probably thinking, oh, he did that wrong. If that, if I get that, I'm going to give that as a disqualification. And then he gets it. It's a totally different one. You have to judge them all by their merits. This shouldn't have been a disqualification. It should. This is this is exactly what a no contest should be. It was it was uh, an eye poke that absolutely wasn't meant, and it ended the fight. That is a, that's what a no contest is. You know, okay, the ball kick came before it. That was a bad one. I don't think he meant that either. But it, you know, did he take a point? I think he did take a point, didn't he? Which or maybe he didn't. But if he did, fair enough. It caused damage. He took a point for the eye poke actually before he finished, and that's maybe why he had to uh, he had to finish it. But I. It, it's just because the ball kick came before it and uh, I don't know it was a weird one it was definitely a weird one I actually spoke to ref about that even if he did take a point you still don't have to give it a disqualification afterwards because if it's if you don't feel it ended the fight if you don't just think it was the, the point is there because it took you know a point's worth of the person away from the rest of the fight or whatever so that's why you're docking the point but um yeah that's that was my takeaway from it. I, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm biased. Maybe I've the Irish roast in the glasses on. But this is actually more about the rules and the, I've thought a lot about it over the last week, and the situations and how they should go. I I don't think this went the way it should have gone. To be honest, I don't think the one the one last week actually the, the Martin Boudet one as well. I don't think that went the way it should have been. I think that was a clean shot. I think he landed correctly, and I think that should have been a, a knockout. But anyway. Um, I'll just quickly run through a few of the big wins here as well. I'm sure you heard about them all, but Jessica Andrade, very, very good uh, standing arm triangle. Claude Puelles, Nibard, Clay Guida, Macy Barber got back to winning ways. Charles Jordan got a beautiful guillotine choke. Uh, Barriot as well got a lovely guillotine choke. Himself, lovely KO for Sergey uh, Condozo. The, the the flyer of the week hit Tyson Pedro won with what five seconds to spare in the first round it was a nice KO as well for uh, Kulin Aori uh, you know then we have Preston Barson who Daniel Cormier love Philip Lins and obviously the, the Mike Jackson fight as well at Bellator 278 Barzola what a win he had there obviously I mentioned Liz Carmouche in the main event as well Danny Sabatello absolutely dominated Jornel Lugo there uh, Weber Almeida 
I'm going to talk about more more about this week. By the way, I don't want me every over to severe my podcast and other places. But this was a leg kick. Uh, what, what's his opponent's name? Fabrizio Franco acted like he was kicked right in the balls, went down, completely faked it, and it shouldn't have been uh, shouldn't have been given at all. Blake Perry, great comeback there as well over Macau Cooper, who is a brother of uh, Ray Cooper the third. So great stuff there. Belter 279 in. Arlene Blinko, what a chin. What a chin. Just a few hours out from it here. Chris Cyber, a few minutes even out from it. Chris Cyber, Doug, got the win by unanimous decision. Called out Amanda Nunes uh, and uh, Chris and uh, who, who she called? Uh, Kella Harrison afterwards. So we won't see any of them. Look forward to it. Raffian Stotts, what a head kick. Knockout as well. Justine Keish beat Elimile McFarlane. Uh, Patchy Mix beat Haraguchi. What a win that was. What a great performance there. Yancy Medeiros. One of the one of the best fights we've seen in a while in Bellator. Uh, one there as well. And I didn't catch much of the undercard, I won't lie, because uh, the UFC was on. Then in the PFL, I talk more about this, obviously, in the podcast coming out as well. But um, one of the fights of the year, again, I'll say this was an even better fight. Clay Collar, Jeremy Stevens, as advertised. What a fantastic fight. Haush Maffeo, comeback win uh, against Don Madge. Knocked him out there with a halfway through the uh, third round Antonio Carlos Jr the champion got off the winning ways well with a Brabo choke uh, in the first round there Livio Oban Mercier beat Nathan Schult uh, Nathan Schult even did I say it right by a split decision Martin Hamlet out wrestled the guy um there was there was a few mismatches here on this honestly in on PFL but sure look that's what you're going to get with uh, with PFL um Right, everyone, I will leave it there. And before I go, I must ask you, who are you betting with? Uh, UFC Fight Night uh, Font versus Vera. Can uh, Vera beat the odds and defeat Font? Or is Font winning by TKO a given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHERDOG and get 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years. And the reason it's the number one UFC sportsbook. With more betting options, live betting at games, BetUS.com is your new home for UFC betting start to fight at betus.com and use that code sherdog all right everybody that's it for me sean sheehan for sherdog.com we'll see you all next time